It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. So how important are preseason games really? We'll talk about it right here on Locked On Panthers. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and yes, Friday, your team every day. That's our motto here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. And be sure to follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter, at Julian Council. Why should you do that? Because on Fridays, like today, throughout the offseason, I answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions either at me or DM me to get those questions in for next week's edition of the weekly Friday mailbag right here on Locked on Panthers. And by the way, today's episode of Locked on Panthers is brought to you by our friends over at LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash Locked on NFL. That's LinkedIn.com slash Locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. The Carolina Panthers will open up their preseason tomorrow, 4 o'clock, Bank of America Stadium here in Uptown Charlotte against the New York Jets. While a lot of people will not be out there, I hope everyone who's headed out there has a fun, safe, and enjoyable time at the overpriced preseason game. You know, they're charging $5 for FanFest all of a sudden. That's what they should be charging for preseason games. Fans get robbed, but it's a great opportunity to get a look at the second team mainly. But you're going to see some first-teamers out there, like Bryce Young and this Carolina Panthers offense on Saturday against the Jets, who... Don't appear to be playing to many of their first-teamers, but still a good opportunity for you to take the family out there or go with your friends and watch the Carolina Panthers as, man, people are fired up. Talked to Josh Klein on the show yesterday and just talking about how there's 10,000 tickets distributed down in Spartanburg on Wednesday after or morning, rather, when the Panthers and Jets had joint practices. Unfortunate that they had to turn the bus around there on Thursday for the fans heading down there with the Roaring Riot, not be able to watch practice, even though... Frank Reich did say earlier in the week that the most intense day was going to be Wednesday and that Thursday would be a little bit calmer, but still an unfortunate situation where fans weren't able to go out there. But hopefully you're able to go to the preseason game and not get ripped off and enjoy that. But let's get into it. The weekly Friday mailbag here on Locked on Panthers. As I told you all, once the season starts, think about doing Tuesday lives, but that will be played on Wednesday for the podcast crew. So going to do that. But right now for the rest of the preseason, going to do weekly Friday mailbag, of course, on Fridays. Let's go ahead and get into it. And I'll start off with Joshua, who asked, which hold more water or weight when evaluating younger players and roster spot hopefuls? Training camp performance or preseason game performance? Which is very good. Now, think about it like this. If the Carolina Panthers are facing off against the Jets' ones on Wednesday, and Jonathan Mingo is out there having a very good day, 
which by all reports, that was the case. And Frank Reich, the head coach, said it himself. If Mingo's going up against the Jets' ones, now Sauce Gardner was not out there, but still, if he's going up against the Jets' first-team defense and plays well, and he goes against the Jets' second-team defense and plays poorly, you're probably going to chalk it up to, okay, rookie ups and downs. Now, if he has a great performance against both units, which one are you probably going to take more to heart? Probably the practice performance in a controlled environment and setting against the Jets' first-team defense. So, for Mingo, the Panthers probably have seen everything they needed to see from him this week during joint practice there on Wednesday. Now, obviously, they want to see how he handles a game-day environment and how he performs in an actual game setting on Saturday. But I would think that they got more out of that with Mingo on Wednesday than they will get on Saturday. Same case for Bryce Young. Are you going to evaluate Bryce Young more based off what he did against the Jets ones or against the Jets' second-team defense, which he's likely to face tomorrow? The Jets ones. So it's very hard because a lot of teams nowadays, it's kind of like Sean McVay started this trend out in Los Angeles where he does not play starters at all, and joint practices have become more and more common where teams will do two of them. I believe Antoine Staley of the New York Daily News we talked to on Wednesday was telling us that the Jets are doing them this week and then next week with the Buccaneers. I want to say in the past, Panthers have also done joint practices two times. I think it was the, yeah, it was the Ravens and the Colts a couple years ago where the Panthers in 2021 had two joint practices because they felt like that was more beneficial to them and understanding what they are as a team than go out there and play, playing the preseason games. Now, the preseason will give guys like Matt Corral an opportunity to get more reps and to see where he's at, and he certainly is someone who is on the roster bubble, and Mingo – and Bryce Young obviously are not, but it's a good opportunity for Brandon Smith to go out there and to get some reps and to show what he can do. So I do think it's important, but as I've said before, going to camp, you feel like you know who like 46 to 48 of the guys are going to be on the roster anyways, and then we'll see how everyone else performs and whether they actually set themselves up to make the initial 53. So yeah, I can under- I can see where for guys like Matt Corral, who needs to earn his way on the roster where, while where training camp, or really the preseason games will make more sense for him as far as that would be um, more of an indicator where he's at. And you're going to see much more of him then than you're going to see playing with the ones or even the twos in training camp. So he's going to get way more reps during the games. But a lot of these guys are on the roster bubble. Yes, it's important for them to show what they can do, but also in practice, they got to go out there and also show that they are understanding the system, understanding what's asked of them. And then it's good to see them translate that to the playing field on Saturday and then the next two weeks on Friday night. So I think it's a little bit of both. Probably more so for the guys right there on the roster bubble um, as far as evaluating players. But like when you look at Mingo and Young, you're getting way more out of practice. And I think you're going to get out of the you know preseason games over the next couple of weeks. Uh, over the bow now, he says, this team has been healthy so far this camp. Well, that was true when he said this, but not necessarily true anymore. But he says, which I believe is a testament to pros buying and being pros. How cautious does this staff need to be going into preseason handling? Players knowing our depth in some positions could be better. Personally, I loathe preseason, but I guess it serves a purpose. Yeah, it serves a certain purpose. Like Josh was asking, you can get to evaluate some younger guys like Matt Corral and some of the other dudes who are on the fringe of the roster, and that's good. But also, guys can get hurt. And we saw last year, week three, Sam Darnold gets injured. We don't get to see Sam Darnold until the final six games of the season. And whether that was a good or a bad thing, we saw how the quarterback play was last year, and you can wonder, hey, maybe Darnold actually would have been much better for the Panthers. They would have been a spot to 
not be in a situation come the final two weeks where they had to go out and beat Tampa and New Orleans. They could already been in the catbird seat potentially had Darnold been healthy. Now the bigger sample size of his career suggests otherwise. But what we saw there in the six games leads you to believe that he could have been better than P.J. and Baker considering he was in those six games. So you saw that hurt them last season. Of course, Zane Gonzalez slipping on the wet turf, field turf that is, artificial turf, not grass, and that cost him. The rest of his season and his career here in Carolina, don't know where he ended up. I imagine he's got to be some – oh, yeah, you got – they traded him to San Francisco. So there we go. Good for Zane Gonzalez. But still, you can see the preseason can lead to injuries. Now, it's just going to happen. It's football. Everyone's going to get injured. And there's been questions of how they should handle the offseason program because you have the long layoff, and you're seeing all over the place guys getting these soft tissue injuries. And that's the reason why on Thursday morning, because Frank Reich looked at the wet field, and, hey, it's too soft out there. I don't want to risk it. And you saw the Jets decide, hey, Sauce Gardner, you're, we're good. You don't need to be out there. You, you feel a little sore. No thanks. That's why you see vet days for Shaq Thompson and some of these other players on the roster. They're trying to protect these guys at all costs, knowing that it is a 17-game, 18-week grind through the fall. They do not want to risk anybody getting hurt. So I do think they've done as good as they possibly could to protect the players. And that has been said by Brian Burns, how he appreciates how this staff handles these guys and how they go out there, handle their business, and get off. There's no reason for them to be out there longer than they need to. No wasted energy, no wasted time. That's all well and good. Now, the injuries are somewhat concerning in a way um, when I'm looking at it. Like Chandler Zavala, he's good. He's off pup, which is good. Talking to Josh Klein yesterday, sounds like we might have a concern there at right guard. And I don't think that's necessarily a shock considering Austin Corp was so good last year. And he's going to miss probably half, if not more, of the season this upcoming year. And that's being like optimistic based off of the injury that he suffered and his timeline after tearing an ACL back in January, like mid-January, and then having you know surgery happens like a couple weeks after that. He probably didn't have surgery until February because he's got to wait for the swelling to go down. So that's still pretty tough of a situation for him and the team. But Cade May is stepping in a tough situation. You got Justin McCray who's out there. You got Nash Jensen, the undrafted free agent out of North Dakota State. Now this is all in there. So those injury, that injury, you're seeing how that's playing a role in the team, how it could hurt them. I mean, to be your bird feels like an injury settlement is going to come. Doesn't make a lot of sense to me for the Panthers to stow him away on IR for a year, especially if he's only going to be out six, eight weeks. And then it doesn't make sense to keep him on the roster and then wait for him to come back. They got other guys they can look at and potentially bring in. Pinheiro, update there from Frank Reich. Looks like it's not serious. That is more precautionary and that he'll be good to go once the season starts, which is obviously important. And in Frankie, you've seen they, they held him out. LaVishka Chenault, they held him out. Nothing serious. Marquise Haynes, the back issue. Now, that's something that does concern me, but with some rest, he should be fine. But still, they're not going to go out there and push it. Corbett, he's out there. Trying to get back, still ways away. And then Miles Sanders also kind of had a little bit of groin hamstring kind of issue. One of the others, I got to look it up. He had one of those kind of issues. So it's more precautionary at this point in time when looking at it. And I understand, you know, the preseason is great. That football back, it's good for these guys to be back on the field together and learning and doing the installs and all that and even getting some competition during training camp and now with the preseason. But the whole time you're just sitting there just holding your breath, hoping you don't open up Twitter and see a report that one of the most important players on the team is injured. So, so far for the Panthers, already having lost Corbett, like they haven't suffered any major injuries to a player that is just absolutely irreplaceable. So right now, feel good about it. But the preseason does serve its purpose. I just think probably more for some of the younger guys on the back end of the roster who just need reps, whether they're trying to actually make the roster or just be on the practice squad moving forward. All right, so we'll get into more questions. I have a question from Brody who asked me if I see any comparisons to this Sears team in 2015. 
2015. I know. 2015 versus this year. We'll see. So we'll get into that here in just a moment on Locked on Panthers. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. And it's so easy to create a free job post on LinkedIn Jobs. And once you do, make sure to add that purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so that you can quickly prioritize you like to interview and then hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. It's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, let's get back into it. The weekly Friday mailbag here on Locked On Panthers. Over to Brody, who asked, do you see any comparisons between this year and the 2015 season? What I see is a super easy schedule, just like 2015. We have our quarterback, just like 2015. We have an elite offensive line, finally, just like 2015. And we have a top 10 defense, just like 2015. Throw in a little bit of regular season luck, and I could see us legitimately making it to the NFC Championship. Is this a pipe dream? Slow down, Brody. Slow your roll. Okay, Um. first off, other than slow down... <laughs> I appreciate your excitement and your fervor for this organization, this team heading to 2023. Because, God, last year sucked, guys. It really did. This point of the season last year, before things even got going, it sucked. It sucked to hear about the faux quarterback competition. It sucked just all the negativity because people hated rule. All of it just stunk. I would take this and those questions that I just got from Brody – over last year, every single day of the week. Now, here's something I always get a little frustrated with is when fans have outrageous expectations and then when the team doesn't meet their outrageous expectations, they are upset and therefore pissed off. Now, if you took a deep breath and really looked at things, then you may not have those crazy expectations, and then the ensuing disappointment when the team did not meet your crazy expectations. Now, Brody, I would say that the Panthers making the NFC Championship game doesn't seem to be realistic this year. Considering, here's the differences we look at between this team in 2015. Like, easy schedule, I, I don't know if I can really say that. The Panthers were 7-10, just like the Falcons, just like the Saints. Both those games to start the season feel like toss-ups to me. And 
you should favor the home team. So, hey, you lose week one, you win week two, you're one and one. And then you're playing Seattle on the road in Seattle, a team that, yes, you ran all over last year. And I imagine maybe they've done something to fix that this offseason, but a playoff team a year ago. You got Minnesota. Was it four of the first six games are on the road of a rookie quarterback? I don't look at the schedule as being easy. I don't look at any NFL schedule as being easy unless, like, you're the Kansas City Chiefs. But even then, it's still not easy. So there's, not, there's no such thing as an easy schedule in the National Football League. Like, this isn't the SEC. This isn't Georgia and what they got lined up this fall. And no, I yes, massive offense to any Georgia fans out there. And really, we feel that way because Georgia is so much better than everybody else. But it's not like it's an SEC schedule where you're Bama or you're Georgia and you're playing nobodies. That's not the case in the NFL. Most of these games are decided by a touchdown or less. That's why when you look at the one-score games and you look across years, the years where you win the one-score games, look at Minnesota last year, those are the years you go to the playoffs. And when the years that you don't, those are the years that you don't. Look at Ron Rivera's career in, North, in Carolina with the Panthers. So, no, I don't look at it as an easy schedule. Do we have the quarterback? Because I still think that's TBD. By 2015, we had seen Cam in 13 lead this team to 12-4 and four, and second in the NFC. We had seen in 2014 go on that, that streak at the end of the season and win a playoff game and push Seattle in the divisional round. So we had seen far more out of this team. We had seen Luke Keekley be the defensive player of the year as a rookie. We had seen... Luke Keekley grow. We had seen Thomas State. We had seen so many of these veterans grow and learn. Like, it was one of those situations where it all built up to 15. Now, looking at what they did in 14 compared to what they did in 15, you never would have seen that coming. But would it surprise you if they would have gone to the playoffs? Absolutely not. Because they had done it the two years prior. They had won a division two years in a row. This team hasn't won a division since 2015. So, I can't look at this team and say that they're similar when they don't have a quarterback who has experience. That's not so. I just don't think that's fair to Bryce to be like we have our quarterback when Cam Newton was the freaking MVP of the NFL that year. The offensive line is it elite? No, there's not a single guy in this roster that has been a Pro Bowl or an All Pro. Is it good? Yes, and that's all you need is good. And I wouldn't even say 2015 was elite. So not an elite offensive line, but a good one, but one that has a pretty big hole there at right guard. So the expectation, considering. That that's a question mark is that they're probably going to take a little bit of a step back. But that does not mean that Icky can't be better and that Brady Christensen can't be better and that Bradley Bozeman can't be better and that Taylor Moten can't be better. They certainly need them all to be to compensate for the youth there at right guard. And then they can have a top 10 defense. So I can see that. But also there's a veteran defense. It's still a young defense, but they brought in some good pieces. I do not look at this team at all like 2015. It would be so much more different if Bryce was established. If they had won the division back-to-back years and that they had the experience if they had anyone who had been in Carolina and had seen any sort of wins it's Jack Thompson it's JJ Jansen and that's it they haven't had those guys yet so I appreciate your excitement I'm just telling you right now if you see comparisons to this year in 2015 you're gonna be very disappointed when this team loses two games in a regular season because they ain't going 16 and one it's just not gonna happen it would be great but I feel fairly confident. And I know I said I won't do absolutes anymore because only a Sith speaks in absolutes. But for me, that just feels like a pretty good bet that they're not going to go 16-1. and one. But I do still think that they can be a team that can contend for the division because the NFC South is not great. But 8-9, 9-8, like that's where we really should be kind of leaning in heading to this year considering all the changes but also some of the improvements from a year ago and what we got going on. So, yes, it's a pipe dream. That's the short answer. Um, Van, 
now says, it's my opinion that we have an absolutely stacked safety situation. With the recent linebacker signings and edge rush changes, won't that get in the way of development and playtime of a Swiss Army safeties like Jimmy Robinson and Chin? And what about Eric Rowe? How can we avoid this logjam at safety? So I was looking at the numbers, just based off the kind of things I've read and who we talked to on the show, and just looking at kind of like the position back there in a secondary and not just safety. Just I mean, I look at the secondary and just kind of figure out the numbers. Um, and also looking at the unofficial depth chart, which Frank Reich came out and said, yeah, I, I don't take that all that seriously right now. They haven't played the preseason games. Yes, there's some value that comes into those. So he still needs to see the next couple of weeks of training camp in the preseason. Well, I guess training camp is technically over. But the next couple of weeks of practice in the preseason before they really finalize anything. And we know who the starters are going to be. But some of the guys who are trying to fight for jobs still don't quite know just yet. Uh, but looking at the numbers and just looking at the guys like Horn, Jackson, Henderson, Taylor, like those seem like your four corners. I haven't heard anybody stand up, stand out outside of those guys. So those guys feel like that's going to be your four cornerbacks. Safety, Woods, Bell, Franklin, then Jimmy Robinson. And then they have Nickelback, which is Jeremy Chin and Stan Thomas Oliver. Those are the guys I'm looking at. So I'm looking at 10 guys right now to make that make the roster in the secondary. So yeah, Chin, his development, his playtime is not going to be impacted at all. They brought in Von Bell so they could literally make up a kind of a new position, at least on the depth chart, of nickel cornerback for Jeremy Chin to play. Like he's going to play the big nickel. He's going to be on the field. There's no concern about Woods and Bell being here and then Jeremy Chin not playing a lot. He's going to play a lot. Don't worry about that. Now, Jamie Robinson, hard to see how much he's going to get on the field if he's listed right now as a safety. Now, I can see him playing nickel as a smaller one, um, but it's going to be difficult either way for him to get on the field when you got a guy like Stan Thomas Oliver has more experience, and you also have the ability to maybe bring in C.J. Henderson as that third corner and then have J.C. or Dante in the slot or maybe have Henderson in the slot. Like They have different scenarios that I think are going to keep him off the field playing as much as possible, like much as maybe he would like to play and as much as kind of we would like to see him play this year. And that's a good situation. They have experienced players. They don't need J.B. Robinson to play. But it's good that he can play. So I don't really look at there at look at it as a logjam. It may be for a guy like Eric Rowe trying to make the roster when you see some of the guys who are ahead of him and what they're making and also understanding some of the younger guys they brought in, like a Jamie Robinson, that they're unlikely to part ways with him um, this preseason. So it doesn't feel good for Rowe. But we'll see how it works out. But I don't look at it as a logjam there at safety. But I do see a lot of depth, which is a good thing. All right, uh, let's take one more quick pause, and I'll come back here, and I'll answer the rest of your weekly Friday mailbag questions here on Locked On Panthers. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, let's get back into it. The weekly Friday mailbag here on Locked On Panthers. Follow me, Julian Council, over on Twitter at Julian Council. You see it right down there. If you are watching on YouTube at Julian Council, get those questions in to me for next week's show. Really, probably wait till like Monday. Watch the preseason game first and then hear what they have to say. Then ask me questions. All right, let's go back to it. Brian 
says, looks like they finally caved in and got that veteran edge rusher. I like the pickup. Houston is the best available option at this time. Wish they would have been more aggressive and pursued Floyd, but at least they took a chance to evaluate what he had. What he had. Um, do they have to make any more free agency moves? Or sorry, do they make more free agency moves? Perhaps another corner for depth. So just looking at the corners, um, just looking at like kind of how I broke it down, feels like those are their four. And then they have the nickel corner position with Chin and Stan Thomas Oliver. And I feel fine, I guess, there at corner, but not really. <laughs> that's that's kind of a lie. Um, you know, Ray John Wright was a guy who I said I thought would make the roster as a UDFA. It doesn't look like anyone's going to make it as a UDFA. I got to see what he looks like in the preseason. I think that's one of the things where he's a guy where preseason games matter. Because if he can go out there and perform, he can make it. Who was the guy from App State last year that played well? <sighs> it's not. Was it Clifton Duck? That is that right? I don't. I don't think it was. I don't know. App fans, tell me. Someone. I know you're out there. We're we're longtime buddies. Someone. One of y'all. Let me know who it was. Um, but he didn't even make the roster. Whoever that app guy was. So it's it's tough to say. I I don't think they're gonna add a corner right now as a free agent. I think they're done because there was one position that was. Just so obvious that they needed to bring somebody in, and that was they're an edge rusher, and they did it by bringing in Justin Houston. Now I don't see an obvious position where they need to do that. If Henderson and Taylor, who are both by all accounts having good camps, if they're having good camps, then there's really no point to go out there and to bring in a corner at this point in time. Now we have to wait and see what happens after roster cutdowns, and if there's guys available and they think someone can help them, and that situation then yeah go ahead bring somebody in I just look at the roster right now like quarterback you're not gonna bring anybody in running back I guess it'd still be cool to have a bruiser but it feels like I mean it's gonna be the Miles Sanders show so don't think that's really necessary uh tight end you're good there wide receiver uh you, you look you're pretty good there even Demir Bird's out it looks like Shai Smith probably has a good chance to get, to get on the roster now in the initial 53 um O-line you're set there you just need Corbett to come back and you have options there at right guard. Defensive line, I think they've done pretty much all they're going to do there as far as guys who actually would be on the roster. So defensive line, you're good. They brought in inside linebackers. They brought in outside linebacker. They are good at safety already. They seem to be good at corner with the way that Henderson and Taylor are playing. So, yeah, no. I think that they're going to stand pat for the rest of the preseason. And, you know, you'll see the right, the random roster transactions that happen. But I feel like they're going to stay in pat and they're not going to add anybody who they think would come in and actually come make an impact on the 2023 season. All right, over to Will, who asked me, how different would our roster and draft capital look if we didn't overachieve with Steve Wilkes and didn't have to give up as much for the number one overall pick? Now, good question. But also, I don't think it changes that much. They were already nine. They were in the top 10. But they weren't going to be able to get who they wanted. And Ryan Poles, the Bears GM, he had told Peter King on Peter King's Football Morning in America that he was looking for three first-rounders. Like, he wanted that anyways. If you wanted to get it done early, it was going to cost that. And the Panthers got it done early on March 10th. If you wanted to wait, maybe it goes down to two. But it still feels like they're, they're going to swap picks. They're going to give up next year. And then... The DJ Moore thing, that all with the Bears in particular, that felt like they wanted to do that no matter what. So I feel like if the Panthers would have been at two, and they, I don't know if they would have done the trade, but if they want, if they would have been at two, 
and someone else wanted to give up to one, and they want to get Bryce, then I still feel like they would have to give up as much as they gave up. Maybe they don't give up that second-round pick in 2025, but I still feel like the compensation would have been pretty damn close. It still would have been those two first-rounders and DJ, I think. And the reason why it wasn't a first-round in 25 is because they gave it TJ Moore. So I still feel like it would have been the same, and the roster today looks the same. Last question comes from Holden. Uh, he says, can DJ Chark be a wide receiver one, and can LaVishka step up into the Debo Samuel role and succeed? Yeah, I mean, DJ Chark was brought in to be one of their top wide receivers. Him and Adam Thielen, like those two guys, are supposed to be the top wide receivers. And then you look at Hayden Hurst, he should be probably the number three option. So those three guys are going to get the bulk of the targets this upcoming season, barring that they, of course, all stay healthy. LaVishka Chanel, and this is one of the things where how much do you really make out of the um, – Unofficial depth chart, because since the beginning of training camp, Chenault's been all all over the place, and it seems like he's like he has a position, but he's not necessarily married to being okay. You're just strictly a slot, or you're an outside receiver. They they want to use him all over the field, and that's kind of similar to Debo Samuel, who really does play a lot of slot, but then also can be in the backfield as a running back. I think the only difference is like Debo Samuel's is a stud. We've seen it. We haven't seen that from Lavishka Chenault. Whether it's been in Jacksonville or Carolina, you can talk about offensive schemes and all that kind of stuff. Can he step into that Debo Samuel role? Like, he can try and do the same things as Debo Samuel, but he's not going to do the same things as Debo Samuel. You can kind of mirror what Samuel does, but it's not mean when you look in the mirror, you're going to see number 19. Because that's just, you're going to see 50. You're going to see Visca. So, I'm not saying that the guy can't go out there and have an impact on the offense, because he certainly can. But if you're out here thinking that he's going to be like Debo Samuel light, and like the sense where his numbers like aren't that far away from Debo Samuels, I think that you're setting yourself up for disappointment, which we're trying desperately to avoid here on Locked on Panthers. Trying to give you my truth. It may not actually be the truth, but I, I'm i not going to set you all up to be like, oh, yeah, here we go. Now, I guess I am the same guy. So this team is going to go 10-7 and seven, go to the playoffs next year, but whatever. Um, but still, no. I don't see it. But Chark, yeah, I see that. All right, it's going to wrap up this edition of the Lockdown Panthers Podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, hosted by yours truly, Julian Council. Again, y'all subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. And be sure to follow me, Julian Council, over on Twitter at Julian Council, where on Fridays, like today, throughout the offseason and the rest of the preseason, I answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions, either at me or DM me to get those questions in for next week's show. So, in the meantime, be safe. Oh, no, wait. Yes, be safe, be happy, be whole, but also, and always keep pounding, but also, tomorrow, I'm going to go live, following the Panthers game. So, about 8 o'clock, expect me to be live on YouTube. That's why it's important that you subscribe. If you missed the live show, it's okay. It'll be in your podcast feeds right after. That will serve as Monday's episode. So, again, in the meantime, be safe, be happy, be whole, as always, keep pounding and i'll talk to y'all tomorrow following the panthers jets preseason opener if you're looking for the most comprehensive nfl draft coverage this offseason look no further than the locked on nfl scouting podcast join the draft dudes kyle krabs and joe marino as they go position by position through the nfl free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 nfl draft 
If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.